Welcome back to Trivial Context, the podcast where we answer some of the most popular questions in trivia and help each other learn a little more along the way. I'm Sean Riley with my co-host, Brooke Fats Riley. Whoa. So we each researched a topic based off of entertainment and uh, to decide who reports first, we will draw a card from the game Trivial Pursuit and ask an entertainment question. Which celeb's 2015 book titled Selfish is 455 (laughs) pages of selfies that she herself has taken? I have zero idea. I also have zero idea, but I'm going to go with the Kardashian. Oh, I was going to say Miley Cyrus, just because for some reason her name is selfies. Kim Kardashian. Whoa, snaps all around. You okay? You go first. All right. This is a pretty easy trivia question. Okay. What was the first feature, or very, I should say, very common trivia question? Oh, perfect. That's what we're here to answer. What was the first feature-length animated movie ever released? I I think it's Snow White. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, to be exact. Oh, okay. That was my point. <laughs> Premiering December 21st, 1937, at the Cafe Circle Theater in Los Angeles, Walt Disney released seven, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, earning a standing ovation from the audience. Charlie Chaplin, who was attendance of the premiere, said that it even surpassed our high expectations. In Dwarf Dopey, Disney has created <laughs> one of the greatest comedians of all time. Wow. Charlie Chaplin's the only name I think anybody recognizes from that era of filmmaking. Mm. Walt Disney. True. <laughs> <laughs> only, only actor, I guess. Yeah. Um, but many thought that that wasn't the way it would be. Um, many people, including his wife, told him that it wouldn't work. And they had many reasons to believe that. No one would be interested in a 90-minute film that was entirely animated. Mm. Up until that point, it was just little shorts. Yeah. And those shorts were only focused on animals and other creatures. They had never really done... Humans. People. Um, And and I'm no artist. Yeah. But I know that I... Well, I know that I think (laughs) (laughs) that uh, people are pretty hard. To draw? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, to draw. And while Disney had already experienced success, which included an Oscar, this was a pretty big hurdle to overcome. The drawing of, of people. And all the animators agreed. It all began earlier that year, in 1937, when in a four-hour presentation to his company, Walt Disney told the story of a princess, an evil stepmother, and seven little dwarves. They were enthralled, but taken aback when it was then said it would be a feature-length film. Disney had tried to convince them to do other things, like Alice in Wonderland and Rip Van Winkle, but for some reason... He was just, like, very set on actually going through with Snow White. And Interesting. And it could be for a couple reasons. Yeah. Um, one, shorts were kind of, like, falling out of favor. Mm-hmm. People wanted full-length films. And the price to produce those shorts was increasing, and they just weren't getting... Their like, money's worth? Yeah. It's so interesting. Could you imagine, like, not having full-length animated movies? No. Like, some of my favorites, like, Spider... Man into the Spider Verse, very recent, very great, probably my favorite animated movie. Yeah, gone. And that was like <laughs> a very pioneering anime 
its own way. It was, yeah. Thank you, Snow White and Seven Dwarves, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this project would cost about ten times the amount that a short would, and it was about a, a lady trying to kill a young girl. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone was kind of like, I don't know if this is the direction we want to go in. But Walt being Walt convinced everybody. Very cool. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's a movie I haven't really seen. You know what we're doing tonight? We're going to watch that movie? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I was going to ask earlier. Okay. Like, do you just want to watch what we talk I... about? But I don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah. it could not necessarily be a movie. So. Well, I guess spoiler for my report. It is a movie. Okay. And I doubt you will ever want to watch it. Okay, cool. Well. <laughs> but we can watch Snow White. That'd okay, be fun. Great. I mean, it is spooky. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Walt Disney said, there was only one way we could do it successfully, and that was to plunge ahead and go for broke. Shoot the works. There could be no compromising on money, talent, or time. And this was at a time when the whole country was in the midst of a crippling depression. So they had that going against them as well. Yeah. The company at the time was big enough that securing loans for the project was no big deal. But if they were, like, if it was to flop... They'd like, be in D deep. Disney would be done. Like, that would be it. Wow. So... They put a lot on it. He wanted to use a new style of animation, more realistic. Before, it was just like a very 2D situation, and movement was very... Uh... Static. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he wanted it to be way more realistic. They hired specialists to help with the use of color and composition, and spent thousands of hours drawing and redrawing and like studying movement. They hired people to like act out scenes wow. that was videoed and then the animators you could draw over it basically uh i don't think you could draw over it but, but they like, would yeah, just they would. yeah like sketch it out re repeatedly and um <clears throat> it's like before they had the mocap suits they just had people with pencils rapidly drawing yeah there was one thing i saw where they just spent hours staring at a cloth in the wind to see how <laughs> it like billowed and stuff the movement so again they, i love like, that i love that put a lot into it um, he even sent all the animators back to, like, art school. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a big deal. How would you react if where you worked sent you back to plant school? I don't honestly like it. Cool. Okay. I mean, I think if you want to be the best in your... Yeah. Make them the biggest plant. Mm. It's not really up to me. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the end, it would take 750 artists... 32 animators, 25 background artists, and 102 assistants to create the animation of Snow White. All wow. of these people meant more money, and they were about out of it. Walt and his brother Roy set up a private screening of the movie with just the pencil sketches at the time to show Joseph Rosenberg, who was the Bank of America vice president at the time. Wow. <laughs> Throughout the screening, he kept leaning into Rosenberg and kind of explaining what's happening and how it'll be so much better when it's all finished. Oh, that's the worst when people do that. And he was just stone-faced the whole time. So I feel like I do that to you when we watch like a Marvel show or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Well, sometimes I ask. That is true. That is true. Especially with some Marvel stuff. At the end... He simply stood up and said, Walt, that picture will make a pot full of money. <laughs> so, uh, he still had to do some like checking into things, but eventually the money comes through. So that's kind of like how it was created. Yeah, that's cool. But here is kind of like the origin story, I guess. 
like part the, two of how it's it was the, created. The Brothers Grimm story, isn't that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really originally a Brother Grimm fairy tale written in the 19th century. We see this in other Disney films mm-hmm. where they just kind of adapt a different fairy tale or myth or legend, etc. Cinderella is another one. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. The earlier ones, I would say, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. The early ones. Like Pocahontas. That's based on a real person, but... Mm-hmm. Not her real story at all. No, yeah. So, um, there was no talking tree. No talking tree. Yeah, that's also like kind of a sad dark story that we don't have to cover right now. But yeah, <laughs> when people first heard, so yeah, it's a brother Grimm fairy tale. Emphasis on the Grimm. Oh. Uh, people were very worried about how dark the story was, like Walt's version, but his was way lighter. Yeah. Than the original, and the original it involves eating of organs dancing to death the the queen like died by dancing, dancing to, to death. death in hot slip, red hot slippers wow she tries to poison snow white more times and in disney's version snow white is 14 and mare gets married which is super young yes <laughs> in the original she's 7 wow yeah so and her being 14 actually makes her still the youngest disney princess Interesting. Yeah. Younger than Moana, who for some reason feels young to me. Yeah. I mean, 14 is pretty young. 14 is very young. And I don't know, that fact could have come out before, before Moana. Moana. Mm. I, I don't know Moana's age at all. Yeah, I don't either. Is Brave Disney? Moana yeah. is 16 years old. Okay. How much is, how old is Merida? 16. Just kidding. Right. She's also 16. Cool. So, yep. Snow White is the youngest. <laughs> um, when it came to creating the characters, they were inspired by Betty Boop. But they wanted her... You can barely see that in, like, the lips alone, I feel like. Yeah. They wanted her to look more innocent. That's and good. childlike and, like, more realistic. <laughs> um, Throwing shade on Betty Boop. The creation of the dwarves physically weren't that hard to do, but the studio got stuck on some names. Some examples of names thought of but not used are Hoppy Jumpy, Big O Ego, Biggie Wiggy, Blabby and shifty. Oh. Alright, so here's trivia question number two. Okay. Can you name the seven dwarves? Uh, no. It's Dopey, (laughs) (laughs) Doc, Sneezy, Grumpy, and there's three more. Mm -hmm. Smiley? Cheesy? Happy. Happy. (laughs) And. Sleepy? Mm -hmm. Or dozy? Sleepy. I guess that would be dozy and dopey. And? Flirty. Bashful. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, another time I'm glad that podcast is just audio. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, the evil queen's name is Grimild, which goes back to like her Germanic origins. She wears black to represent her wickedness and dark purple to represent her royalty in the movie wow and this was funny i thought the voice because in the movie she's like the evil queen and then she transforms into like that old hag yeah voice actress to make like the old hag voice simply took out her false teeth perfect (laughs) speaking of voice actors the voice of snow white was adriana Casalotti, and she signed a contract that prevented her from playing anyone else ever again. Wow. So she was Snow White and Snow White only, which she actually loved. 
Okay, that's good, I guess. She loved the character. It was obviously wildly successful. Yeah. She was fine. Okay. Um, although that's it did a all, story. Yeah, it did say that she her voice was like kind of in a few small things, one of which was The Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. So she could have just been a voice for something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's crazy that she signed a contract. But yeah, that er- was it. Early <laughs> Hollywood and like actors and writers and even honestly a bit of modern day hollywood writers and actors is like a mess mm-hmm. like all the like trying to duck around having to deal with unions and everything like movie executives or producers are uh, well they should be called a dwarf named shifty because they just got money on the nine yeah seriously some of the music in the movie is beloved today like someday my prince will come and hi ho <laughs> um, and it's very recognizable. When I I was able to go to the grand opening of Dis- Disneyland Shanghai, wow. and they go to the Disney, the Princess Castle there is yeah. the largest of all the Disneylands. Fun fact. Wow. But when you walk in, they play Someday My Prince Will Come. And it was so weird for me to hear the music, but they're obviously singing in Mandarin. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just so recognizable as like. Despite the language barrier? Yeah. Very cool. However, 25 songs were written for the film. Not all were used. One of the songs cut was called Music in Your Soup. <laughs> and you can actually look it up on YouTube and see the... Uh, the I animatic? I was literally watching it. and Oh, yeah. It, not, it's it not has, finished. Right. But it's like the this pencil sketch animation yeah. with the music. And it has it very much has that Snow White vibe Feel. to it. So very cool. that was fun. The movie premiered to the public the following February, just like two months later. And if you take into account inflation, it made almost two billion dollars, which makes it the highest grossing animation film ever. Wow. Yeah. And remember, this was during the Great Depression. Um, since then it has been re released Several times. The first was in 1944. They re-released it during World War II. Okay. Um, it's also been re-released with like different crops to like fit screens differently and okay. like enhanced a little bit. And that kind of started the trend that Disney is known for for like bringing things out of the vault. Yeah. So. I remember watching so many VHS like Lion King and just seeing like for the first time in 40 years they're bringing something back. New updated version, yeah. Yeah, that's how they continue to make money. Yep. I mean, it's not the only way, but... Uh, do you think it has something to do with, like, keeping the rights as well? Because I know Disney is the big company that's always extending the uh, copyright terms mm-hmm. because they're about to lose all their stuff because they're too old. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I also don't know. All right, so all this was a huge hit, but because it was the very first animated film, there was no category for it. For any of the award shows. Oh. So in 1939, so it was like 18 months later, but Disney won an honorary Academy Award presented by Shirley Temple for the film. Um, And it features an Oscar with seven little Oscars (laughs) next to it. (laughs) You should look up pictures. It's very funny. That sounds great. And in 2008, it was chosen as the number one animated film of all time by the American Film Institution on their list of America's 10 greatest films in 10 classic genres. Great. So it really is the beginning. 
I would say animation is one of the most like beloved types of yeah I guess genres of entertainment. Yeah, I think especially like our generation, we grew up with the Disney like Renaissance, right? Where yeah, Lion King, Little Mermaid, like, all of those were coming out at the same time, and like Aladdin is huge as well. And even like like I grew up watching Snow White, Cinderella, Pinocchio. Pinocchio is the second one. Interesting. So it's Snow White, Pinocchio, and even. Like, I think now as an adult, I can look back and be like, yeah, this is obviously older than, like, Toy yeah. Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But yeah. as a child, mm-hmm. you don't, I didn't really feel that, you know? Like, it's all, I think it I, was all just like a di- Disney I don't know. movie. I, I definitely felt the difference, because I haven't seen Snow White. We have, we have it. We own it. We haven't seen Snow White? No, I, I, I would put it on, I was like, I, I think Sleeping Beauty was a big one, where I, like, would put it on, I was like, this is terrible, and then I watched Toy Story for the 50th time. Okay, well, we're different then. We are different. We are different. Because <laughs> I, it was all the same to me. Okay. And that is what I was going to talk about. That's very good. Very good. Yeah, well, mine is actually very similar. Um, beginning of production story. So, without any further ado, uh, which movie is considered the first blockbuster? Jaws. Ding, 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 ding. Seriously? Yeah, you got it. You're right. I have zero <laughs> desire to watch that. That is okay. If you didn't get it, I was going to do a fun like audio segment a la Jeopardy. Mm. But uh, we don't need it. Sorry. We can still do it if you want. Okay. Which movie has this score? Da-da. 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 Little Mermaid? <laughs> you hope that those don't cross. Oh. <laughs> Jaws and Mermaid. No. Okay. I figured that this was the best place to start, because it's the first one. We're going to go over how the biggest movie of all time, up to that time, also almost did not get made. Uh, The Real Nightmare of Jaws includes tripling the shooting schedule, which was unheard of uh, back then, doubling the budget, which is unheard of (laughs) back then, (laughs) and uh, Steven Spielberg even felt his career was over before it even really began. Wow. This was his. This was his third movie. His first two were straight to TV. They were TV or straight to video. So this was his fir- first in the theaters movie. So what is Jaws? I encourage everybody to go see it. It is a pillar of cinema. But a quick explanation of the plot: There is a horrible killing machine terrorizing a small town on the Atlantic Ocean, uh, just off the coast or off of uh, Long Island. After killing two people. The mayor urges the police chief to quietly get rid of it because he doesn't want to close his small town's biggest thing, the beach. So police chief Brody recruits the help of a marine biologist, Hooper, and a shark hunter, Quint, to put this beast to bed. So Jaws, very similar to Snow White, is based off of a book. Jaws came out in 1975. Jaws, the novel, came out in 1974, and it was authored by Peter Benchley. Mm -hmm. Before it even was fully released, the Universal Pictures producers bought the movie rights. They even said it was the most exciting thing they had ever read after they had spent one night reading the entire thing. Wow. They later said if they had read it a second time, they would have never made the movie. (laughs) Difficult sequences to film and to create. Mm. Brain Uh, theory, hard execution. Exactly. Steven Spielberg was not their first choice, but after the first guy was kicked for calling the shark a whale over and over again, the 26-year-old director was hired. That's crazy. I'm 
I'm 26. Yeah. So <laughs> it just would be weird if, like, you're in charge of directing a movie. I mean, hey, you got, what, six, seven months left until you're 27? You can, you can direct a movie. Mm. Can I also add Yeah. that Jaws is also actually based on, like, a true story? Jaws the novel, yes, is based off of... Like uh, in the 1910s or something, there was a shark. Yeah, like a, off, a, a, off of. I, th- I believe it was somewhere in the Indian Ocean. No, it was in like New York. Well, what I read yesterday said something about there was a a, a big uh, shark hunter that went out to capture this shark in the Indian Ocean. Hmm. And yeah, very similar. But um, yes. Well, when I was in middle school, okay. I was really into Shark Week and they had a yeah. whole like series on like the original Jaws and that was brought up yeah but like and maybe it takes inspiration from like many things but Peter Benchley the author said like he heard that story and the next day he wrote this book gotcha started to write but I'm sure like yeah speaking of Shark Week do you think Shark Week would exist without Jaws no yeah absolutely not I will talk about it later but Jaws was was a big deal it was the first blockbuster so Richard Dreyfuss, the actor who played Hooper, the marine biologist, said, We started the film without a script, without a cast, and without a shark. <laughs> pretty big, pretty important things for this movie, I would say. They had a camera, though, so that's all they needed. Nine days before they started filming, they did not have the three leads. Spielberg wanted Richard Dreyfus, but Dreyfus refused. A while later, Dreyfus watched the movie he had just finished as part of an advanced screening called... The Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz. He later said, I was convinced that if it was released in the U.S., I would never work again because I was the worst actor in America. <laughs> so he called up Steven to say, you got your man. <laughs> he was, uh, Steven Spielberg was prompted to hire Richard Shaw for Quint, the shark hunter, and Roy Scheider as police chief Brody. He didn't want any big names because he said that the shark was the star, and any big names coming in as one of those three main guys would detract from that. Jaws was also the first movie ever filmed on the open ocean in this way. That's cool. Yeah. The producers, at the very beginning, started looking for a way to train a live great white shark. That does not work. Yeah. (laughs) So instead they made three full-size, pneumatically-powered prop sharks, which the film crew nicknamed Bruce. They (laughs) Yeah. They made a sea sled shark, a full body prop with its belly missing that was towed, and two platform sharks, one that moved from camera left to right with its hidden left side exposing an array of pneumatic hoses, (laughs) and an opposite model with its right flank uncovered. The movie was filmed in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, because the surrounding ocean had a sandy bottom that never dropped below 35 feet for 12 miles. This allowed the use of the mechanical sharks, especially the sea sled, while being out of sight of land. In early July, the platform used to tow the two side view sharks capsized as it was being lowered to the ocean floor, forcing the team of divers to retrieve it. The model required 14 operators to control all of the moving parts. Wow. Yeah. This... Also, I'd just like to say yes. that you just talking about how deep the ocean floor was and stuff. Gave me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that. So your maybe biggest fear is is open water. Yes. Up there. It's La- up there. Large bodies of water. Yes. So I want to watch this movie with you for that alone. Because there's so much like, they just tilt the camera down. And yeah. you just see Literally. like 10 feet or so and then like just darkness. Yeah. And like 
maybe something's there, maybe something's not. Yeah, just you talking about it. Like, yeah. my toes are <laughs> Yeah, when I was little, I was, like, obsessed with Animal Planet. I was, like, obsessed with Animal Planet and National Geographic, and I would just watch things about sharks and snakes mm-hmm. and gators and crocodiles and all of that, and then I would have, like, very intense nightmares. Yeah. So I'm, like, fascinated by sharks, mm-hmm. but... I think that's why I'm, like, so afraid of water is because that's what I want. Like, I don't watch animated. Yeah. I didn't watch cartoons, really. I watched Shark Week. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, um, my sister, my older sister, you know, we all grew up very close to the ocean. We would visit the ocean every single year, multiple times. Growing up, we never had an issue swimming, and now she cannot get in the water. She hates when her kids get in the water, and it's all because of sharks. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not like, my thing with water is I don't know what's around me and I'm automatically at a disadvantage. Yeah. So like, you can drown, you can get, like the current can change, there could be a shark, there could be a snake, there could be a whale. Like, you just yeah. don't know what is around you and you're helpless. Yeah. Well, I love to swim. I think the, the craziest like encounter I've had in the water was that little beetle that kept following me everywhere I went. Do you remember that little beetle? Yes. It in bit me a bunch, yeah. It was, it was pretty big. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't see it. I just saw you like paddling away. Well, I tried like I tried like smack it, but there was like a water beetle and it was just conniving. And I was wearing very bright yellow pants, and I guess that was attractive. I don't know, but it it headed out for me. I swam like twenty feet away multiple times, mm. and then like the, like two minutes later, a beetle was just kind of coming up on me <laughs> and it bit me. I hate that beetle. So Sean and I haven't really traveled together because we got married. In At the, the very beginning of COVID, yeah. yeah. But I think one of the only trips we've really been on since being married was to South Carolina. And yeah. you, what is that? The boogie, boogie boarding? boarding? Yeah. yeah. How did that <clears throat> go the first time you got to have a boogie board? How did I deal? Yeah, really well. I love boogie boarding and I wanted Brooke to try it. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, I want to, like, I don't want to be afraid of water. Yeah. Like, I don't want to never get in the water. You, you are a very good sport about, about water. I took you out. There was a big wave. We were jumping, trying to wait for a big wave, and then probably the biggest wave of the day. And it was it was big. It was like maybe close to ten feet tall. Yeah, like bottom of the. Yeah, and the the water was rough that day. It was very rough. Yeah, this was uh, yeah this was South Carolina. That's right. I think you already had the board. I like kind of pushed you down onto it and laid you down. I was like, okay, you got to go. And then I jumped like. And that's all the instructions. Jumped I got. out of the way of the of the big wave. And yeah, um, you well, went. You went, me. <laughs> you went a pretty good ways, and I I just looked at you proud, as the uh, wave crashed, and uh, then I just saw a boogie board like fly into the air, and I was like, oh no! And I ran over, and you were sad. I may or may not have been crying. Yeah. <laughs> so, did not go off, but I did it again, yeah. and it was fun. It but. was fun. Well, then, <laughs> like the next day, we went on like a helicopter ride. Yeah. And you could see the water, and I didn't see this. I saw a little shark. That was too close to people. <laughs> yeah. So that was a fun thing. That was very fun, yeah. Anyway, sorry, side stories. No, no, no. Uh, back to the movie. With all of these problems, disgruntled crew members gave the film the nickname Flaws. <laughs> Costume and production design were told to avoid the color red in their props and costumes. So when blood was shown, it would be all the more horrifying. That's a fun fact. That is a fun fact. So what were all of the issues? Shooting at sea led to many delays. Unwanted sailboats drifted into frame. Cameras got soaked. The orca once began to sink with the actors on board. 
Good. The orca being the name of the boat that they uh, tracked down the sh- shark on. The prop sharks frequently malfunctioned, owing to a series of problems including bad weather, pneumatic hoses taking on salt water, frames factoring due to water resistance, corroding skin, and electrolysis. From the first water test onward, the non-absorbent neoprene foam that made up the shark's skin soaked up liquid, causing the sharks to balloon and look unrealistic. The sea sled model frequently got entangled among forests of seaweed. Spielberg later calculated that during the 12-hour daily work schedule, on average, only four hours were actually spent filming. Wow. Yeah. Gorlieb, one of the main writers and producers, was nearly decapitated by the boat's propellers. Oh. And uh, Richard Dreyfuss was almost imprisoned in the steel cage that was lowered underwater. The actors (laughs) were frequently seasick. (laughs) Shaw also fled to Canada the actor who plays Quint, uh, whenever he could due to tax problems. <sighs> Spielberg was second-guessed at every point. He was so far over budget and over time, and he felt under threat of being fired every single day. He had nightmares for years after this movie was shot, even after it came out. Hmm. That's why I don't want to watch it. There are a few good things that happened as a result from all of these delays, however. One, they were able to finish the screenplay. Because, again, they did not have a script going into this. Mm. They didn't want to pay any writers because they didn't want to deal with any unions and there was a strike going on. Peter Benchley, the author of Jaws, the book, uh, actually had first passed the screenplay. And he, after, after writing it and then having like feedback, writing it again, he handed it in the second time and said, I'm done with this. Like, <laughs> I am not a screenplay writer. I'm this not is, taking any critiques. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is what I got. Change it how you will. And from the book itself... A lot was also changed, like the third act where they go and hunt the shark. That's that's more or less play-by-play as the book goes, but the first two acts are completely new content. So they needed a screenplay. Two, all of the issues with the sharks forced them to imply the danger of the shark instead of show the danger, because they literally couldn't get them working. <laughs> Spielberg said the film went from a Japanese Saturday matinee horror flick, which is a, a long thing, <laughs> yes. to more of a Hitchcock The less you see, the more you get thriller. The shark not working was a godsend. In other words, what's scarier, a big shark, or the possibility of an even bigger shark? (laughs) The latter, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And then three, since the shark did not look as real as Stephen hoped, he instead let the actors show the audience the threat was real through memorable and powerful performances. Because if you see a man that's just so convincingly afraid, it doesn't matter what... He's looking at. Yeah, what he's looking at. You empathize with them. Good things, right? Mm-hmm. Very troubled production. Um, Steven Spielberg didn't film the last day because he heard a rumor going around that after it was done, he would be thrown into the ocean. <laughs> and that actually became a, I guess, like a ritual that Steven Spielberg, he is never on set the last day of filming. That's weird. It's like missing the last day of school. It's yeah. the last day of school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those, you know, I feel like basketball things where you have to wear... The same shorts every game or yeah. something. Yeah. Some kind of super Big success, so I better not. Exactly. Do it, yeah. yeah. Footage of real sharks was shot off of the coast of Australia. These sharks were only about 16 feet long. Only? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Bruce was 24 feet long. Uh, one of the producers said, as a joke, why don't we get a little person? Custom make a smaller cage. Then the sharks will look enormous. And then they actually did that. They hired a man who was 4'9. An Australian man, 
got him into the cage and then just filmed him interacting with the, this tiny uh, cage and filmed him interacting with these real life sharks. The One of the sharks actually attacked the cage and the cage was not made as well as it should have been. And he literally had a heart attack, this guy. He's fine, he survived, but... Oh my gosh. Yeah, literally almost scared him to death. <laughs> and finally, let's talk about the score. That score. And John Williams is, it was the first time uh, his first big movie, John Williams' first big movie, it was the second time working with Steven Spielberg. When John Williams showed Steven Spielberg the score, Steven thought it was a joke. And he's like, okay, like, what's the actual score, though? But now, it's very iconic <laughs> and synonymous with, like, tension and, and scariness. So, yeah. very good. I have it on my phone. Just in case you want to feel scared and tense? No, because I had to do a report on the, like... Real Jaws of America. Oh, gotcha, yeah. And for my report, it was like a slideshow. Mm. So I put the Jaws theme song on it. <laughs> Very good. Finally, I want to talk about the impact of this movie. It was released in 1975, and it showed up everywhere. The biggest movie of all time. It grossed $472 million. The original budget was $4 million. It By the end, it was $14 million. Ooh. Yeah, way over budget. But again, made so much more in return. <laughs> Jaws was followed by three sequels and many imitative thrillers. Even in Back to the Future, they show a Jaws 19 like side gag coming out. <laughs> As another result, the this movie allowed Spielberg to make just about anything he wanted. So he made Close Encounters of the Third Kind, E.T., Jurassic Park, which I think is interesting. Because it very similarly did not cast any big actors. And the T-Rex was kind of presented as the star of the movie, just as Bruce, the shark, was presented as the star. Indiana Jones is another one of his, and his most recent is The West Side Story. In total, Steven Spielberg is the highest grossing director of all time. Yeah, I think when you reference a director, it's Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, exactly. Uh, I learned this very recently. Do you know who number two is? I think right now I can name one other director. Okay. Number two highest grossing director of all time is the Russo brothers, who made Endgame, Infinity War. Yeah. yeah. These are not adjusted for inflation. <laughs> yeah, even if you, I bet if you do inflation, Snow White still made more money than Jaws. You think? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Definitely, maybe. <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. great movie. <laughs> the first premiere, Spielberg shares, I guess, a funny joke or a story of the first showing. Uh, they're all together, and some guy gets up and starts to walk towards the exit. And Spielberg is like, oh no, it's my first walkout. And then the guy starts running. And Spielberg's like, oh, it's not a walkout, it's a runout. And before he can make it to the door, to apparently, you would assume the trash can, he throws up. Oh. So at this point, Spielberg, <laughs> <Shark> is, <laughs> Spielberg is like, oh no, I went too far, it's going to be horrible. But no, like, it was, it was the biggest movie. After this, people didn't want to swim. People started hunting sharks. Um, it became a real issue. I was going to say, that's an issue. Yeah. Uh, beach towns had to be like, hey, like, you're fine. You're not going to be eaten by sharks. You've been swimming here for a hundred years. You're not going to die. So it, it really, it changed vacations for people. <laughs> changed my whole life. Yeah, there was, there was Jaws underwear. There was Jaws. Anything you could imagine had a big old shark on it. Are you ever interested in watching Jaws? I'm not going to say no. But I'm not going to say yes. <laughs>
And to end Jaws 1, three Academy Awards for Best Film Editing, Best Original Dramatic Score. I agree, yeah. And the best sound. Uh, a funny story about best sound. The movie opens on a woman getting eaten. It's pretty horrifying. And the oh. real life story is also not great. Like, they had ten men on the shore uh, on both sides of her with a rope tied around her waist. Two ropes. And like get, the filming? Yeah, the oh, filming crew, okay. yeah. And to get her to, like, be thrashed around in the water, oh. they would, all ten men would yank her one way, they'd drop the rope, and the other ten would yank her the other way. And it's, like, a scary scene. And you just hear this woman, like, screaming and stuff. Later, Spielberg got the same actress to, like, scream into a microphone so that they could add more screams. And as she was doing that, he would pour water down her throat, which is called waterboarding. I'm going to change my answer to a definite no. Yeah, but, like, you watch it, and it's it's blood-curdling. It's scary stuff. And the actress did a great job. And she's she, fine. Was she okay? She was fine. But, yeah, they were talking about if... If we don't get like this coordination right with dragging her, like we could really injure her. Yeah. So, all is well. Also, you're waterboarding her. <laughs> waterboarding, yeah. Uh, but all of that went to getting best sound. So I guess it's well, worth yeah, it. <laughs> she got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is my report. That is your report. That's our reports. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to this entertainment-based episode. Uh, to wrap up, we will roll a die, and this roll is important because it will determine. What do we do for the next two weeks, as we only have two more options left, geography and arts and literature. I hope it's geography. Geography. <laughs> Very fun. I'm excited for geography. Do you know what you're doing yet? No. I do. <laughs> All right. Thank you again so much for listening. If you would like to uh, suggest anything for Brooke to do for geography, please email us at trivialconpond at gmail.com, or you can email me. You can also share it with your friends, your family, your enemies. Whoever. And uh, subscribe if you want. Yeah. I think our quality is about the level of share it with your enemies. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hopefully one day you can share with your friends. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much again and bye.